You're listening to The Photography Show. This is episode number one for July 18th, 2010, Building Your Photography Business. So people might know me coming in, but they won't know you. Now, how do you know that for sure? I, I, uh, I, well, I, I don't know. Oh, okay, I'm just kidding. Let's... <laughs> do I know you? It's maybe a better question. <laughs> All right, so welcome to The Photography Show with Ted and Wade. My name is Ted, and this is Wade. Oh. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs> no, seriously, Wade is a uh, very accomplished photographer in his own right. Does that sound good? Yes, for the last two years I've accomplished some things. What have you accomplished, Wade? I've taken some pictures for some people. <laughs> they, they bought them from me, and some of them even like them. Ooh, and paid yeah. you money. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, for those of you who don't know, Wade uh, went out on his own two years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Gosh, I can't believe it's been two years. I know. It flies by. Yeah. I think the older you get, the faster it goes or something. And so far, no, you haven't gone back to the man. That's right. So far, I've been able to stick it out. And I really, I started my business with hardly, uh, I didn't have to raise $60,000 on Kickstarter or any kind of thing like that. Um, <laughs> I just uh, went, and my wife got a job once she graduated from college as a school teacher. And that gave me enough uh to, to say, I'm going to start my own thing, and if nothing else, we'll just live in a van off her salary. Hey, that, you so, know, yeah, that I works. No, the van is comfy. Live in a van, and uh, it's been going really well, and it just keeps on kind of snowballing. The more people that you meet and take, you know, the, the more pictures you're taking for different clients and customers, the, the more word of mouth kind of spreads and the bigger it kind of gets. So I'm yeah. hoping it just keeps going that way. Absolutely. Well, kind of one of the things that, you know, you and I were talking about doing with this podcast is like we could, you know, discuss business stuff. I mean, there's a lot to photography, and I certainly think there's a large influx of people that, that are interested in doing it, um, you know, for a vocation. Right. And uh, since you're like a real live person doing that, that could be, uh, you know, something we could discuss. But we had discussed today naming one's business. Right. That's what, where you, got, you have to start there. What, what, did, what did you name your business, Wade? Well, I went uh, really crazy with my name and named it Wade Griffith Photography. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know what I named mine? What? The Dallas Museum of Art. Wow, that's already taken. Oh, that's right. That's right. Well, <laughs> wait a minute. It's not my business anyway. <laughs> Until you have a museum and your name's Dallas. Well, you know, it is interesting because, like, I mean, that's kind of the common thing is most photography studios or most photographers who – I shouldn't say studios. That's kind of a different beast. But uh, we'll just, you know, name it with their name and photography. Right. Um, did you consider anything else when you were naming yours? Sure. All, I mean, yeah. Uh, you know, you always have all these uh, cool names. You might want to name your business or whatever. All the, and, and that's one route that you can definitely go is, you know, like Spelunker. Uh, fantastic.com or whatever you want to be, you know, but um, I just kind of wanted to go with something I think really simple that is people met me, Wade Griffith, that's who I was, and, and, and Wade Griffith and my business were kind of one and the same, and then I wanted to throw photography in there for all the search engines. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense, you know. Yeah, so I wanted to keep it simple and, uh, and let people in my name, it lets them know everything that I am, you know, who I am and what I do. Well, I think the other thing, too, because, like, you know, I freelance for about seven years, and, and right. there's something that's very weird when people, you know, try to sound like a studio or a big company when they're not. Right. And, uh, you know, you get that with, with, I think, more the graphic design crew that, yeah. uh, you know, Bob Benson and Associates or whoever, and there are no associates. Or, or here's another one is using, <laughs> using the word we on your website all the time. Do you use the word we a lot, Wade? No, I don't. I'm not, I'm not big into line. Uh, <laughs> you're not lying. You're just stretching the truth. <laughs> it's quite easy. No, I mean, I, I let people know that I'm a one-man business, that I that I work out of my home currently. I mean, I could probably rent a little studio or rent an office space somewhere with someone else or whatever, but um, uh, keeping a low overhead is, is super key for yeah. me in the early stages of the business. And until I get to a place where I feel it's necessary, I'm not going to do something to try to look bigger because I think that's where – a lot of businesses make a huge mistake. Oh, sure. Lying for one about how big they are, maybe, or where where they work, or trying to impress people with their workspace or any of that kind of stuff. So I'm just straightforward. Here yeah. I am. I take I take these pictures. Uh, I do a lot of it from home, but that doesn't uh, that doesn't hurt the quality at all. So 
Right. Well, yeah, that is interesting, too, because, I mean, you know, as a business, well, I think the other thing, too, is you have a lot of people, and it's weird because I think, you know, I mentioned designers a minute ago, but I think it's the same for illustrators and photographers and anybody else that's doing this, is that, you know, you get to a point where you want to grow, but it, I think the irony is is that you have something that's very art-related, and you're yeah. trying to do business with it, you know, and most artists are not really good business people or, or don't have a concept behind that, and I think that's where a lot of people fail, too, you know. I think that is where people fail, but I also think that that's something you know that 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 you can do well, that you can learn, even if you are an artist or brain. I'm very much that way, but I'm also very organized, and I can also deal with clients, and I can also sure. uh, you know handle all the, the the business side, and that and it just kind of comes from uh, learning it, you know, uh, putting forth a little effort <laughs> to, yeah. to learn the side, and then also just from making mistakes. I mean the the whole when you start off a new business like this, there's, there's taxes and there's all kinds of things that you're so unfamiliar with having it all taken care of for you. You know, when, when you work for someone else that you have to really learn and sometimes you learn the hard way. Wait, wait a minute. You, you have to do taxes? you got to pay taxes. And <laughs> you know, I mean, it's funny because like, <laughs> when I was doing it, you know, people would, would uh, you know, they'd look at me and think, oh, man, you work for yourself. That's awesome. I must be a dream job. And I think, you know, in some some cases yeah it is pretty cool but yeah i mean it was like you know if you're if you're running a photography business you're only spending about half your time actually taking photos and maybe even less than that um i mean it's got upsides to it you know you 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 do relatively you're in charge of your own hours things like that but uh but yeah the taxes and then the health insurance and the i mean i went through a big phase where i just didn't get sick you're paying everything yourself now yeah it's a big change from when you were uh working for the man and he took care of everything for you. I mean, that side of working uh, in for a business is 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 nice. See, the man but, is actually beneficent, but you know, <laughs> or the woman. He's a loving man. All woman-owned business. Well, you know, we could kind of evolve this topic too into like you know, starting one's own business, and and you know, you're going to go out on your own. When is the right time to do that? When is it not? I, you know, when I did it before, I didn't have enough money in the bank, and. Uh, you know, I don't think that's a huge thing. I mean, usually people are trying to figure out when to make that break and quit the job. And, and certainly, right. yeah, the more you can have saved up, I think, you know, that, that doesn't hurt at all. But, uh, I mean, where were you when when you decided that you were going to make that leap? Did you just decide, um, hey, it's yeah, now or never? Or, you know? Well, yeah, it would be very hard to do it just totally on your own. If you can have some sort of side income when you, very, when you first start out because you really don't have any clients yet or anything. So if you can, uh, on your own, you know, work a, a second job, such as being a waiter or whatever it is you want to do. Uh, right. Graphic design was something else that I could do starting off, you know, and, and I could do both graphic design and photography. And then uh, a big help for me was my wife uh, starting to, to work herself and, and be a school teacher and having uh, just that in the back of my head that, okay, we do have that salary coming sure. in so that's nice so but but at the end of the day no matter if you have a if you have a, a spouse that does make a lot of money or not or you're starting out on your own or whatever it's still a huge a leap of faith and it's still tough yeah. um, to just jump into something kind of blindly and say okay this is what i'm going to do now especially like what like i did like i free i freelanced photography for a few years just doing it here and there for different people i felt like i finally had a enough connections to kind of go out on my own and try to pursue those people and other people more and um but i just kind of had to suck it up and 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 be brave and do it it felt it was something on my heart that i really wanted to do and i felt like i just really want to be a photographer i want to go out and take pictures it sounds exciting and fun i'm still young and so i'm gonna go do it and if i fail i fail big deal and, you know, uh, though, I mean, one thing you said, though, you know, I don't think you exactly were blind about it when you did because I think one one mistake that I see people making a lot of times is is they decide, okay, I'm going to be a professional photographer, and they don't have a portfolio put together. They don't have any experience doing stuff. They don't, I mean, you certainly had all that when you made the decision to make that leap, and I think that's a big thing. I think a lot of people kind of default into, and not that there's anything wrong with it, but a lot of people default into wedding photography or something like that because they can kind of finagle their way into that. It doesn't require a large portfolio. If you know somebody and you can kind of start developing it on the job but uh right, I, but the best the best people at, at anything wedding photography or anything else because that's a whole huge art form in itself sure is be, be really good at it first of all when you go into it and second of all like you just said have it have a good portfolio already set up uh both print and online definitely online sure and have that all ready to go rather than start a business and, and have absolutely nothing no kind of presence and kind of starting from scratch i think that would be extremely hard because even your very first client's going to say well let me see what you've done 
Yeah, and exactly. Haven't done anything. Well, they're probably going to go with somebody else. Wait, we're going to pay you money to do something. We don't know what it is. And, you know. <laughs> so you say you can do this. But yeah, this is all about pictures. So I just to, want your money. I don't. You, know. you have to show people your pictures. I could push the button on the camera. It has, it has that, that those modes, you know, with the little guy running in the mountain. Right. You just adjust that. If you're in front of a mountain, you use the guy in the mountain. And if you're running, you're going to use the guy running. And, you know, well, and, you know, it's, it, I, I don't mean to slam wedding photographers because, like you did say, there are people who are really good at that. And I know a few folks that are extremely good at it. And, uh, you know, it's their thing. I also know a ton of people who have gone into that business who had no business going into it in the first place. And I think it's a little bit easier in that side because, you know, you have usually the way a wedding is set up is, you know, the bride and her mom and the groom are working on everything and setting the date. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, we need a photographer and they've got to get him before this date. And they don't really know how. They're not used to media buying where somebody like a client who's a corporate thing or something like that is usually got somebody with a little more experience that's that's running it. So it's harder to get into uh, the bigger kinds of jobs with, with, with no effort. But, you know, like you said, it's anything else. If you've got a passion for it, some people are really good at doing weddings. And uh, Right. Well, if you're good, if the pictures are amazing, you're going to keep getting you know more and more business. And presentation is a huge part of it. I present everything digitally and online because I'm kind of like half man, half robot, and everything I do is online. <laughs> All that kind of stuff. But some people are still that you know, still all loving the analog and loving uh, leather bound books and things like that. And I think that's a whole. But you're you're from the future, aren't you? I am from the future. That that's our next topic. Photography from the future. Did Wade come from the future and end up on this podcast? (laughs) Well, that's that's why you're here, Wade. You know, but I mean that that is that's that is really an interesting um, uh, interesting thing saying here, because you know, developing a business, it's like. You know, there's kind of two sides to this, too. You know, there's this traditional side where it's like, well, you have to have a business plan and you have to have this roadmap and all that. And I kind of believe personally in cutting somewhere between the two. You don't want to go into it just day to day. Let's see what jobs I can get in this and that. I think you want to establish goals for yourself. But at the same time, you know, allowing yourself a little bit of versatility. I mean, you probably already noticed in the two years that you've been doing this that you really never know what it's going to lead. Like somebody tells somebody else who got your name through something you didn't even think would be possible. Right. and But it turned into a job and... and you know, a paycheck. Yeah, I think for me and for you, having a, a background um, in advertising and marketing was a huge help. No because, question. Because uh, when I started my business, um, I just would use the same principles that I would use if I was developing someone else's identity and and promoting them. And when I worked at an advertising agency or small graphic design studio, we uh you know we we email blast, we we'd create a website for them, we we'd promote them any way we could, and I I use the same principles for my business. I yeah. use a consistent approach of, you know, a logo and every all my identity stuff that goes out online and my website and all that kind of thing. And I promote it any, any way that I can, uh, mostly through a lot of free, you know, venues such as all the social networking online. But, you know, anything else that I can afford to advertise myself through, uh, I do that as well. I've even done some trades where I advertise my business on uh, movie screens. Uh, at some at some local movie theaters, you know, and and then in return do some do some favors for them with photography or whatever. So whatever you can do to get your business out there helps, especially in the beginning to get the ball really rolling. Well, I think that's one of the the really cool things about it too, especially with what you were saying about the internet. And uh, you know, there there are avenues that, I gosh, even like five years ago you couldn't have afforded to do. You know, before the days of Facebook and Flickr and things like that, ten years ago it would have cost you a fortune to get your work in front of that many eyes. And right. uh, I mean, the trade out thing you probably could have done, but uh, but I don't think there's anything wrong with you know taking advantage of. Uh, yeah, I mean, your first site was was on Flickr, and I remember we did. The little scripting to bring it into your website, Definitely. and uh, but I mean it worked. You know, there's nothing wrong Still with that. Flickr. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Flickr is a huge tool for people. You yeah. know, and I, what's interesting too is I've heard people say about Flickr. Well, you know, you know, if you're going to try and run a business, you, you can't get in there because you know there's too many other people, and, the, and I, I think they're missing the point. That's not I why you would do that. No. You know, um, I think Flickr, well, especially in the early days, and I think it's, I don't know if it's changed or if I've changed because I don't have nearly the time to spend, um, you know, hanging out in Flickr and posting right. forums that I used to. But I remember when I when first joined up. Home. Yeah, when I was home all the time. <laughs> we had all day. Yeah. Now. But I do remember, the, you know, the difference between that now is it's like it's just not as open a community. I don't feel like I know as many people on Flickr, and the people that I do know are from those days, you know. But it used to be when it was smaller, right around the time Yahoo bought them. Uh, wow. I mean, it was a real tight community back then. I mean, we used to do. I mean, I've known you before that, but we used to do those Flickr meetups where we made all kinds of friends doing that. You know, oh, def- definitely. 
and I, and people still go to those in every major city. You know, there's a, sure. the Philadelphia Flicker and the Dallas Flicker and the Detroit Flicker, and, and you know, every single city has one, and they still have group meetups, and and you can still do that. But it has grown, and it is still huge. But I still like the fact that that's where I can store all of my photos online. Yeah. Um, it's networked. It's it, it's it's uh, networked into Facebook and Twitter and and everything else. You can order prints from there. You can. Order, I order my business cards from there through Moo, and I mean, I can just do anything I want pretty much through Flickr. They, I'm even, uh, I yeah. even, that's how I, that's how I got onto Getty Images is through Flickr. They, 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 they started a partnership, and before I admitted my photos several times to Getty, and it, they were just like, thank you, but no thank you. Hmm. And then when I was Flickr, they emailed me, and they said, we like these 40 or so photos of yours. Can we sell them on Getty? Some so of them that's awesome. Be- yeah, and so you know that was it was a huge door, and then it's just been a huge door in a ton of other ways because uh, it's 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 you know with Yahoo now and people see it all over the place and they put stuff on their blogs or or they you know will call you they'll they'll link to your website and they'll call you directly or email you and say hey I'd like you to you know can I buy a picture from you or can you shoot for me or whatever so I still think it's a, a huge very useful tool you know that's really interesting too what you're saying about that because like as far as like I, I mean i guess you would lump Flickr into the social networking uh kind of aspect of things but just like what does a Flickr account cost like for a program like 35 bucks a year or something like that, that that's right. a year you know and as long as you have a paid account you have full access to every photo you've ever uploaded including the originals so you could download back at any time if you had a hard drive credit how many other social networks can you say that of i mean <laughs> yeah know, i think facebook will resize and you you know, good luck pulling them out of there without just dragging them out of a browser all the time. But, you know, and the whole Getty thing, I mean, it's huge, too. And it, it's weird because I think Yahoo has, you know, bigger business issues. And I, I don't think that they, well, how should I say this nicely? There are things like Flickr and Delicious and properties that they own that I think they could be doing so much more with. But Flickr on its own does pretty well, you know. Definitely. Um, like you are saying, even just the Getty thing alone, you know. Yeah. People love photography, and, and, and Flickr is all about promoting that photography and, 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 and bringing people together that, that you know love the same thing. And I think they do a really good job and, uh, at, at, doing, at doing just that, and, and it's gotten better and better, I think, over the years. Uh, they just redeveloped it again to where it, right. it, it, the photos are larger and the slideshows are better, and you can access you know, a, a lot of the different things, the actions that you can do on there easier and stuff like that. So it, it's just growing and getting better all the time. But yeah, that is when you're starting your business or even before you start your business, I, I point everybody to Flickr. I could be a Flickr salesman. In fact, <laughs> for all the people that I've gotten on there because I'm a huge promoter of it. And before, uh, that's, where I, that's where I first, first started seeing your stuff before I yeah. even took pictures. You took a lot of, you know, uh, lo-fi, black and white, uh, analog type stuff all the time. And I thought, well, that's awesome. So we already knew each other from graphic <laughs> design and, and, and everything else or whatever. But, uh, you know, we started doing some stuff together there. And I got on Flickr, and it, that's where it all began. And from there, it was just like a passion that just kind of kept building and building. And yeah. so I was like, this is what I want to do. You know, with my life. So, well, it, it, it's funny because, like, you know, I mean, what's the big joke that you know we have the the best technology today that's been wasted on the most spoiled generation? And right. what's kind of weird is, like, I remember when I was a kid, and photography was this thing. Well, photography, it still is expensive. I mean, it's sheer fun, straight down to the poverty line um, yeah. in the equipment you have to buy and keep up with, and things like that. But I remember when I was a kid, you know, you'd go into the photography store with like one of your parents to buy film or something, and and it always seemed like this mystique thing, like you were afraid to go to the developer counter unless you knew exactly what to ask for and you know it was expensive and it, it just didn't have anywhere than near the community that you have you know with things like Flickr on the internet and, you know there are others too I mean there's was it photo bucket and I think Zoho may have had something at one point and but I don't think any of them Flickr really did it right you know because yeah, uh, I've taken a look at all the other ones and I belong to some of the other ones and things like that too but I've never gotten the feedback or the community or, or anything that I yeah. have with Flickr that's, that's a very good point that's the top of the line. So, Flickr, please send us some money. <laughs> We're so, advertising you on our I show know. big time. <laughs> back to our businesses. Yeah. com. Are you WadeGriffithPhotography.com now? That is that is what I am now. I was a .net for a long time because I somebody was holding the .com and uh, they Get let out. it go. And I was there to, to sweep it up. Even Wade Griffith with photography in it somebody got? I can't really remember, but in the beginning, I had to take the .net. 
for, for whatever reason, I had to take the .NET. So I was WadeGriffin.net for a long time, and I still have that site up. That's the site you helped me build. Yeah. It, it pulls the flick, the pictures off of Flickr, and I still use that uh, in a lot of ways because that's showing, like, everything I take, you know, and upload. Oh, with satellite, yeah. Right, and then satellite, exactly. And um, now I have WadeGriffinPhotography.com, which is through live books, which I've been wanting to do for a long time. I remember a long time ago talking to you about live books and how cool I thought that site was. Well, now they have a much uh, smaller kind of payment plan that you can get in. Before you had to have like 3000 bucks in your pocket to have, you know, to start your, your site. Yeah, I remember it was real expensive earlier. Yeah, now it's not. Now it's very affordable and it's very customizable. And uh, so I was able to get a site looking exactly the way I wanted to and get my logo on it. And uh, it pretty much had everything that I wanted. It can, you know, play different music, and I can switch all that out, and I can have a, a ton of different portfolios and all that kind of thing. Well, and I do have a weird question for you on this because I'm yeah. curious. How does LiveBooks transfer on the iPhone? It has. It, but I think it's going to get better and better, but I was surprised that right off the bat, it already built its own. Oh, it uh, does. If you go to WadeGriffinPhotography.com on your iPhone, you'll see it's not anything like if you go to it on, on the computer, but... Um, you can still see all of my pictures, and you can still skip around to all the different portfolios, and you can go to my contact in, in, you know, information and clientele. So they, they had that already built into this new packaging that they were doing. Okay, because I didn't know that they had a, a, a non-Flash-supported version of this, which was always a big big that thing for me. Yes, and that was yeah, you're right. It does come up. It actually looks yeah. pretty nice, yeah. It's not yeah, quite it, as fancy still, as the other you, one. You can, you can click on the photos, and they, begin, you know, they become larger. And sure. At least it's there, and I think that it'll only get better and better like everything else does. So. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm very impressed with it. I, it was something, once again, that I could afford, and it looked very professional, and it was available not only on everybody's computer, but also on, uh, on iPads and, and iPhones and everything like that now. Because that's just, I mean, you know, I don't know what percentage of people are looking at stuff on that all the time now, besides instead of their computers, but it's huge. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's, it's very significant. If they, and they can't see it, you're missing out on a huge audience. Yeah, and I, th- I think, you know, it's interesting, too, because I think at first a lot of people, well, you know, the iPhone needs to support Flash, and, of course, Steve Jobs has taken a weird stance on that. But, but you know, I, I know why they don't do it on the phone. Like, phones that do run Flash, there are major performance issues with it. And God bless yeah. it, Flash is just a plug-in. It always has been. So, I mean, it doesn't even work well on the Mac desktop sometimes. So I've kind of in this avoid it phase myself but but you know that is a, a serious consideration if you're starting out building a website it gosh and it, designers were the worst at this it was like build something over the top and fancy that was all in flash and you know no back yes. button no search engine support and, you know all right. that stuff which is real important to do you know yeah and now there's kind of a little bit of a backlash against that because it, it's not supported across everything and, yeah. and so that's kind of all figured out. People are definitely backing away from it. And plus, it's it can be slow to load. It can look very cool, and it can do some very cool things. And it, you know, it's awesome in that way. But at the same time, you want your site to be functional, and you want everybody to be able to see it. And I think that's more important than anything. Yeah. So, well, and so, I, I really think too. I mean, like like what you did on your first pass. If it's just your first pass at building a website, just get your work up. People aren't right. hiring you because you had a cool website. They're hiring you because you take good photos. Right. And that's the most important thing, I think, of all that. I mean, you could have just you know a one pager HTML with some thumbnails, and if they rock, you know, <laughs> that's exactly. all it takes. You know. Exactly. The rest is icing. But I uh, guess the, the reason I made find the leap to live books is because I wanted something that was uh, a website that was very simple. And yeah. it showed my photos as large as possible um, because well, I really these websites that have you know full screen size photos because sure. the big, bigger a photo is the more impressive it is the bigger the bigger people can see it the better it looks I think and, oh yeah uh, no and LiveBooks is a great solution I didn't realize that they had a non flash um, throwover but I think a really cool reason to go with something like LiveBooks is is that you have content management built in it's not like you're having to upload and build the code yourself or anything like that you just throw the photos in and. And it's all right. pre-programmed, yeah. I don't know any of that stuff. I don't know how to do any kind of coding or any kind of stuff. I'm not a web guy in that way. I've only I've designed websites, but I can't do any of the back-end stuff. And they do have a great um, uh, back-end you know, thing that's just super easy for people like me to, uh, to go in there and change up all my pictures if I want to and change titles and change music and just about do anything I want to. So, yeah, yeah. So it's very cool. 
Yeah, there's there's some really interesting options with that these days. But you know, yeah, which is another thing that I think this brings us to is like going out on your own, and starting a business. I think in this day and age, I mean, I'm always surprised at how many photographers are starting out and don't have anything online, or even worse, they kind of go at it with a less than healthy attitude. What they don't want to put their work online because they're afraid it's going to get stolen. I used to deal with that yeah. a lot back in the day. I, I don't think you can you can. Uh, I don't think that's a good fear. No. I think you really put yourself out there. And, uh, you know, protect yourself as best you can or whatever. But you have to have your work out there. I mean, yeah. you can't see your work or you're afraid to show your work or you just want to show an itty-bitty with a huge watermark across the front of it. I think that kind of ruins everything. Oh, I agree. T- uh, watermarks are a serious peeve of mine because it looks like somebody who's paranoid about it, you know. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I've never had – I've had – people ask me to use images before and i've let them if as long as they credit it you know um but i've never had a problem with with image theft and you know other people have i guess um but i've not seen it as a huge issue it's it's more even if i did let's say tomorrow i had a huge one where Mm -hmm. uh i don't know sprint or somebody big who could have paid for it stole it as long as i can get a credit it's worth it's more valuable for me to have people see it um than it is to like you know start chewing over money about it but uh and but, even you know, if your stuff, different. once again, is on Flickr or something like that, it is, it is copyrighted. It is, Absolutely. You know, it, is, it is yours, and if somebody was to do something like that, it would be legal, and you would be able to pursue them any way you want to. You know? So yeah. I think that's, that, that's a personal choice. Some people do watermark their stuff, and I think that's fine. It's a good way to kind of protect your image. But for me personally, it's something I don't want to do because I just want to show uh, the pureness of the image, and I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to you know, every single thing uh, in, in, in the photograph either takes away from the photograph or, or, or adds to it. So I think a watermark it, uh, maybe takes away from it. It wasn't originally meant to be there, but it's, it's something that's definitely very visible. So for me, it's sure. not something that I want. Well, and let me clarify something I said a minute ago, too. I, I think you know when I made the comment about images getting stolen, I think that's a different deal when you're starting out than it is if you're Steve McCurry or somebody like that who is well-established, well-known. Right. Then for them, it's a bigger deal. Somebody stole one of his images. He's not trying to get work. But what I meant earlier is it's worth more for me to have my work out there at, you know, at a starting stage than it is oh, for yeah. somebody yeah, who's, who's yeah. way more developed. And people do contact me all the time and say if they, whether they saw my... Uh, an image on Flickr or whether they saw it on my website, uh, I get a lot of phone calls or emails saying, would it be okay if I use this sure. uh, for whatever, and, and I'll make a decision if it's going to be some kind of profit for them now that I'm an established business and, and I'm, I'm also trying to make money as well as take pictures, I'll usually say, well, sure, I'll, I'd, I'd be glad to see that image for so-and-so or that image is already available to be for sale on Getty or whatever. But if it's some, uh, some guy in his college project or, uh, or 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 whatever, um, something I feel like I can give away for free for whatever reason, then I'll do that because you're right. The exposure is better than not. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So. And I mean, I've had calls on things that you know, if I hadn't had the image out there, I wouldn't have gotten. You know, so I right. think that's a big deal. I think you know, it, it's 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 real important to keep your work up, and it's real important to keep it going. Like one of the things I've done is. I mean, I was kind of like early on with Facebook. It's just a different social animal than something I'm interested in. It just seems like more like people keeping up with old friends and things like that. And that's how I felt about it early on. But uh, one of the things that I noticed later is I set it up. I have a posturous account, and I just do my iPhone photos that way. You know, So I'll take photos while I'm out, and if I want to post one of them, I post it on posters. And then it, it, it will automatically shoot it over and put it into Facebook and Flickr and all those other things. I don't have to upload it four different times. And, right. it, you know, it's funny because I forgot Facebook was on there but then i had people calling me and making comments and it's just seeing new work all the time is what it is and you never know where that's going to be you know i think that's pretty important to do right yeah well i I, i'm huge into the social networking probably too much so i get a little flack for it uh sometimes from from friends and different things but um uh i think that it's a great way of free advertising and uh i'm also very just social in that way so i like both aspects of it oh sure to show my work all the time and uh, if I show a little bit too much work and, and, and people want to hide me because that gets on their nerves or something, well, that's fine with me. But sure. there's going to be a lot of people out there who, who dig the work. Like a lot of people I see posting every day that are photographers and they're posting their work and, and things like that. Um, you know, I love looking at their stuff. And so I'm hoping that it's, that it's you know, mutual. Yeah. And so I'm going to use that stuff that's at, you know, at my fingertips as much as I possibly can without, without hopefully trying to go too overboard on it. But... It's just a it's just a great way to get yourself out there. I mean, 
I was just talking to my wife the other day, and I was saying, what would it have been like to be a photographer back in the early 70s or 80s or even 90s or whatever <laughs> without, without all this technology? It would have been so much harder. I mean, yeah. I would have had to go get an office at the local square and hang my shingle out front and <laughs> have, a, have a guy dressed as a gorilla. Can I see that shingle? <laughs> you know, it, it, well, actually, I mean, it is a lot different. I mean, the, the way people did it back then is you would go assist somebody. And, right. you know, it's weird because, like, I, you know, I used to look at assisting work, and there's nothing wrong with this, but it, it, it's a lot of making coffee and, you know, schlepping right. gear. And, and you do learn a lot. And actually, that may be one thing that, that is going away these days that is unfortunate that I think people should look into doing, especially when they're younger, is, is just learning how things work from, from that perspective. But, yeah, you had to know people back then. That, that was how everything worked. And and now you can get to know people without leaving your computer, which is for me it, it's a it's a positive and a negative because I mean how many times have you ever been into Facebook and I, I'm going to go change that one thing to this and upload this and you get in there and oh my mom did that today and then look my friend Ed's doing it and then why am I here and I can't remember what I went in there to do. <laughs> yeah, it can, yeah, you definitely don't want to get on there and, and, and spend all your time. That, that comes back to the business stuff of learning how to be uh, uh, good with your time and, and learning how to be responsible and not, you know, when you're working from home, it, things can really get out of hand easy if you start oh, sleeping yeah. until 11 and then you're wearing your robe all day, <laughs> you're on Facebook for five hours and all these things. But um, if you want to pay the bills... And you and uh, you know you want to keep your girlfriend or, or wife or whatever, and um, it's probably best that you do good work <laughs> and uh, and that you promote it well. Your wife will leave you if you don't do good work. Again, you're going to have a lot of free time anyway as yeah. a photographer or graphic designer or any kind of freelancer. So there, there will be plenty of time for that. But um, you know, I went nocturnal one time when I was freelancing for oh, about yeah, yeah it was for about three weeks. I was working for a, a company in Doha, Qatar. On the other side of the world, and and oh. big big gas company, and and uh, they never looked at the clock when they made your phone ring, and it'd usually be at four in the morning and stuff like. That. So at one point, I thought, well, I'm night guy. I love to stay up late. I love to sleep right. late. So I'm just going to go for it. So yeah. you know, I did the schedule where I'd go to bed probably around five in the morning, six sometimes, and I'd sleep till one or two in the afternoon. Yeah. And everything's cool until like you have a friend that calls you and they want to do lunch, and you're like, well, I just got up. <laughs> and that's weird. And it, yeah, then you get the second stage of weird is like when somebody calls and like, "Hey, man, a bunch of us are getting together for happy hour. You want to come along?" And you're like, "Yeah, I, yeah, I could do happy hour. That sounds like fun." And then you're like, "Wait a minute, this is like drinking at noon. You know, I can't." <laughs> and then you just realize that socially, the rest of the world is not operating. So let's say you, you meet somebody for breakfast slash lunch, and then you go drinking at noon, which is five o'clock for the rest of the world. And then you have four errands to run, and you realize all four of those stores are closed because you waited too late, and. Uh, it, yeah, it's yeah. I, w- I was happy to come back. It, it was a fun three weeks. Well, you have you have to work and uh, sleep and and eat and everything else. Like when uh, the rest of your clients are doing that. So if you're in oh, yeah. Qatar and that's at five in the morning, well then that works. Uh, here, you know, I try to still get up at the same time in the morning that I did when I was a designer, and I try and I I kind of sometimes. Uh, stop work, or you know, around five or six or whatever it is. But um, sometimes it's not like that at all. Sometimes um, I'm, I'm working odd hours, you know, yeah. especially as a photographer when you're shooting. Um, you, you're shooting a lot at, at sunrise and sunset, and you're editing photos really late into the night. So yeah. uh, that can switch things up quickly for you. But the sunrise you know, you can be flexible. brutal. Sunrise can be brutal. Oh man, yeah. it's that's the time of year that can be very early. Oh Most, yeah. Yeah, people will opt for sunset. But you know, sometimes <laughs> if it's a building, or I do a lot of architectural photography, and sometimes if it's a building, you know, you don't have the call on that. That's if the sun comes up on, on the right side of the, the side of the building that you need to get photographed, you've got to be there at sunrise. So, that's true. Yeah. Well, that's what they, they call the evening one the magic hour. They don't call the morning one that. No, they just call it <laughs> a horrible time. Yeah, call it early as <laughs> can be. Uh, that, yeah, that's you know that is interesting too. Yeah, anything that's outdoors or architecturally related. Yeah, if you've got to make a sunrise because it's got to come up in the east, you know, or, or wherever you're facing, you know, that you've got to yeah. make that call. That's that's tough. You can't talk to client in. Well, I'll just shoot from the other side. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's a, that's a huge thing as a photographer or any kind of freelance uh, person. You have to be uh, extremely flexible with everything that you're doing. You got to be uh, you got to be try to be as laid back as you can about your finances and about uh, when you're working and and who you're working for. You just can't be extremely picky about stuff, especially in the beginning. You got to just kind of do what you got to do to get things rolling, and then uh, things will kind of just develop from there. But you know, you yeah. just gotta gotta be a very flexible person in a lot of ways. To, well, yeah, anytime you're running your own business, you've got to be frugal and flexible. It, well, and that's like yeah. we were saying about you know, there's all these tools online and whatnot that that don't cost you anything that you can leverage. Right. And I think equipment is kind of a similar. Deal. I mean, one of the things I do on my other podcast is is I'm constantly trying to hammer that it's not about how much money you spend on a camera. No, you know. Um, one of my friend Gala Trail, who lives in Toronto, she's another Flickr person. She she was telling me one time, you know, she she bought a Hasselblad at one point, and she stopped labeling her photos with what camera she took on them because people were saying, "Well, that Hasselblad really takes good photos." She's like, "No, the, the, it didn't get up and take the photo. I took the photo." You know? Watch it now. <laughs> yeah, right. Now. But <laughs> you know, it, it but it is like that, and I think a lot of people. Well, there's a lot of people getting into photography because the equipment side. I mean, it is a lot of fun. There's a lot of stuff you can spend every dime you have on. But uh, right, but that's that's a huge mistake that people make. Is, is it's the uh, ultimate too mistake. Much equipment and buying equipment that you don't need. It's just like anything else in life. It's like if you bought a house you don't need or a car you don't need and clothes you don't need and everything like that, you're going to be in a world. You know, of trouble very quickly. Well, people do the exact same thing with photography. They think, well, if I have all this equipment, I am going to be very professional. People are going to want to use me. Right. It's going to be whatever. And it's a huge mistake because I've seen people do this, and they'll they'll buy twenty thousand dollars worth of equipment, and now they're twenty thousand dollars in debt right off the bat, <laughs> and can't get out of that quick enough to turn a profit or, or anything else. And and it really doesn't make you a better photographer. Whenever I tell people, you know, that are just starting out, just like. I, I was or still am or whatever is that start with the very basics but buy a 35 millimeter uh, film camera and use that for a year yeah use buy a photo lab and do yeah, your scanning you, you, yeah you buy a holder learn how to compose uh, using a plastic camera learn how to compose images and, and find things that are interesting with your eye and uh, if, if you do have any kind of digital camera which I would be against uh, right off the bat, because you need to learn, you know, how to operate a camera first. And yeah, digital, absolutely. It's everything too easy. They could, like I was telling you earlier, they can just put it on P and do everything automatically and take some, you know, pretty decent pictures, I guess, or whatever. But they're not learning how to uh, to really operate the camera and 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 take better pictures that are going to, you know, something that's really going to help them in the future be a a master photographer. So now you you do know what the P stands for, right? What push here, dummy. Is that the, you know, it's the PhD button. You know, uh, one thing I thought of though that that yeah I should mention too when you were talking about you know knowing people that have spent a lot of money even worse I think than spending money that you've got that's like cash on hand is going into credit debt and that will kill you. Um, sure. Take it from somebody who did a lot of that when he started out and I wasn't even putting right. equipment on my credit card I was putting food on my credit card when I started freelancing it was uh, I was paying the bills on my well, it was I mean it was the year I started freelancing it was the dumbest possible time to do it was, it was in two thousand one uh, where we had the major economic crash and a couple months into my freelancing uh, 9-11 happened. 9-11 I don't think had a huge effect on the economy. It was already going into the toilet but but it was I mean we're in a recession now um, and I could have made it work but I think one of the mistakes I made early on was was putting food and bills and stuff like that on credit cards thinking oh this is how I'll just bridge the gap and it's like that's not a very creative way to think and just being in credit in general um, I think a lot of people you see uh, even who have connections they'll go into business and they'll try to get some kind of loan to do it well yeah. as soon as you're using somebody else's money you're in the hole coming out of the gate and Definitely. you know i mean it, you may be uh scraping by when you're when you're not doing well starting out but at least you don't owe money you know that's you got right. nowhere to go but up <laughs> that's right yeah i mean I'm, i was totally I, I didn't have to buy any new computer equipment i already yep. had all the com- computer equipment i needed because it, i had worked on it before but if you were starting out i would say buy and you didn't have anything you uh, buy a laptop that you can afford yeah and buy buy only the programs that you need to to edit your photos and, uh, and things like that. I mean, that, that's going to be much less than saying, well, since I'm a photographer, I need to buy this ginormous uh, Apple monitor, and I need to buy right. you know, all the best. That, that's, that's a huge mistake. And then as far as camera and gear goes, I bought a, uh, you know, a camera that I could afford, a Nikon. I started off with a Nikon D80, mm-hmm. which was very, it was very affordable. It was under $1,000, uh, you know, kind of fully loaded. And I bought some lenses that were great lenses that you know for portrait taking and for architectural stuff or whatever I was doing that were all 
just very affordable. I mean, I think my 50 millimeter Nikkor lens or whatever was you know around a hundred and something dollars. So, yeah, you kept uh, it same. Kind of, yeah, I mean, you, you know, you can't you can't go wrong that way. So. You can go drop three grand on a lens. No, because the I mean, no. <laughs> your I mean, wife would have loved that. There is a place for that, you know, when you're shooting tigers and in Africa or something and you've been in the business five or ten years or something or whatever but yeah. there's no place for that right off the beginning. I oh mean, I agree. Well you know the other thing too is let's say you do get because uh, I think a common excuse that people will justify these things in their head is well if I gotta be ready for a big job if it came up tomorrow and, and maybe that is true but but you know the other thing is you can rent gear um, you can borrow it. You can, you know, that's part of having social connections right there. Um, you know, and, and I've never been in a situation where there's something I couldn't have. I mean, even using a photo lab for services, if you shot slide film, uh, uh, and sometimes the color on that is like outrageously good. And you could go have a lab, do all the developing, all the scanning, you pay them a small fee and it's done. You know, there are a lot of different things you can, uh, you can outsource, so to speak, which I think is a really... You know, if you don't have any management uh, experience and you're trying to go out on your own, it can be hard to think of those things. But, I mean, that's really what managing a business really is, is, you know, who's going to do what and how can it get done quickly? You know, you've got to take the photos. But, right. uh, you know, th- there think, are a lot of things. I think that's something huge you just said is that you have to take the photos. Like, um, you've got to be taking pictures every day. Absolutely. If you want to be a professional photographer or you're really serious about this as far as uh, making this something that you want to do with the rest of your life and make a profit from or any kind of thing like that, is that you have to be shooting and learning every single day. I mean, you can take a break, you know, on Sunday. But <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, but you, but you really got to do it. And you should do it because you love it. I mean, it's not like you labor, you know. No, exactly. Because you love it and because you're passionate about it, you're going to want to do that anyway. But but some people do see it just as a means of maybe making money or something that they could possibly do for financial whatever. Yeah. I think that's a bad reason to get into it or whatever. But I've even had people like call me up and say, well, wait, that's, I kind of like to do what you do. Could I talk to you for like an hour tomorrow <laughs> and maybe you know you could tell me how to start my business and this and that or whatever? And I'm like, you know what? I could. It's, it's kind of like uh, skateboarding or something. I could tell you how to do it. But unless you start skateboarding every single day yourself, yep, you can forget about it. Well, if if you're getting into photography for the money, I would highly recommend you get into another business. It's you know. I'm not rich yet. Well, yeah, I mean, you could do very well as a photographer, and and it looks like it was weird. I think most art careers, like being a designer or photographer, or even an illustrator, which I think is the hardest of all now. Uh, yeah. There's this rock star appeal that comes with it, you know, yeah. and and that's a terrible reason to get into it, you know, and. Yeah, like you said, you got to be shooting every day, and if you're spending the whole day sitting in front of the computer looking at B and H and pricing gear, that that's not photography, you know. Yeah, you know, I, I try to play out the whole rock star thing by wearing all leather <laughs> sunglasses and things. To I was wondering why you were wearing that today. But in Dallas, Texas, it just really doesn't make sense because well, it's hot. I, I, it's just hot. I can't get out of it later. I'm like Ross on Friends with the baby powder and lotions, trying to get the pants off. It's just. <laughs> So just don't even go <laughs> play down the rock star. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Well, we'll probably talk more about this subject in future episodes. We're almost out of time today, but we uh, we need to do the pick of the week still. Let's, now let's we've do never it. done this podcast, so maybe we'll share with people what the pick of the week is. Do you have a pick of the week? First of all, we'll go for it. So tell tell them what we're, our idea was. What, do you have a pick in mind? Yes. Okay, because I'm giving you an out to go look for one if you if you have. No, I, to. I, I, oh, okay. We, we, we discussed it for a short amount of time. I, I have some. <laughs> okay, so the pick of the week is, is it can be a website. It can be a photographer's work. It can be a book. It can be a product. It can be something that uh, one of us has seen that we think is cool and is deemed pick-worthy. Or deemed pick-worthy. <laughs> Do you have a pick, Wade? Yes, my pick is uh, the Hipstamatic app Ooh. for the iPhone. And I think, uh, is it only on the iPhone or is it on other phones You know, as well? I don't know. That's a good question. It's worth look. I'll tell you what, the Hipstamatic, I, I will verify, it is so cool. If you have an Android phone, go look and see if they've got it. That's H-I-P-S-T-O-M-A-T-I-C. We'll put a link in the show notes. Right. And so you uh, get if it. you have an iPhone, you can just go to your app store and look up Hipstamatic and download it. It's going to be a little camera that looks just like an analog camera. And uh, you have all kinds of different lenses and film and flashes that you can use that would be just like, uh, instead of a Holga lens, it's a, it's a Helga Viking. Uh, you know, nice. it's a, Instead of Kodak, it's Kodak or something. Anyway, um, 
it's really fun to, to play and interchange all these different things, all these different lenses and films and, and everything. And then the pictures come out looking like, like square analog Holger, Diana photos or whatever. And uh, they're just really amazing and fun and cool and something you can carry in your pocket. I've been shooting a lot more since I've had that app and just carrying my iPhone around in, in my pocket uh, because it's a lot easier than you know carrying my big uh, DSLR around my neck all the time everywhere I go. Uh, and still, I'm coming away with some awesome pictures. I'm getting a lot more feedback lately on pictures I'm taking with my iPhone than <laughs> some of the pictures I'm taking four hours. Dude, you, you're not, I'm, I'm serious. I am a, I, I've talked about it a lot on my other podcast, and people are probably sick of it. But I'm such a proponent of the iPhone. And it's not that it's a great camera, but it's good enough. Yeah. And it's with you. And like you're yeah. talking about shooting every day. What an easy way to do it with something that just fits into your pocket like that. Um, oh. the, one thing you ought to mention about the hipster mag, just because you, know, you recommended it to me a while back, and it's like yeah. you, know, you instantly love it. But you know, like all the, the kind of crappy things. Like if you shoot your iPhone in low light, it gets real grainy. And it's a really nice way of putting some effects to mask some of that out, which is really nice. Yeah. But there's a lot of um, in-app purchasing you can do. So it comes with like a lens and it comes, you know, quote unquote, it's just a look and it comes with the quote unquote films and stuff. And then there's others that you can purchase. Have you, have you done much of the in-app stuff? Oh or? yeah. I instantly purchased. Everything. You're on it. Right. <laughs> oh, you did? So, yeah. <laughs> Give me the word. No, I, wanted, I wanted every single lens, every single film, every single uh, flash, everything. So it was a, it was a total, it was all like under $10 by the time it was said and done. I love and it. I've taken it. And what you can do is you can put a setting in your settings on there to make it high res. Uh, to make your photos come out more high resolution than they normally would on your iPhone. So um, I've done that now, and the, the pictures can be printed. Uh, even though that they're just small digital photos, they can be printed at a certain size, and that's great. I mean, you could print and frame these if you wanted to or whatever. So um, it, it's the best purchase I've ever made under $10 that's in my cool. life. Yeah. yeah, I think that's the other really cool thing about the iPhone photography is like, Equipment doesn't cost a lot in the grand scheme of things once you have the phone. Now, the phone is ungodly expensive. Um, yeah. Was it 200 for the phone? But then I can't think of one camera that requires a service plan with a two-year contract. I think that's the, <laughs> that's where it becomes not a, uh, a right. cheap piece of but, equipment. But yeah, you're, get, you're, you're buying the phone because it can do everything. You know, it, Absolutely. Right now, if uh, I'm pretty sad, but if I was to have my iPhone taken away, I'd probably start crying. And then when I recovered from that, um, I'd probably go through some kind of like heroin withdrawal. Yeah, uh, for about absolutely. A week. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. No, seriously, I'd be the same way. I mean, I bought it because it was an iPhone. And it looked cool, but I mean, I think the the camera is the whole reason to keep it personally. But well, uh, yeah, and that's just gotten better and better, especially now the iPhone four. What is the megapixel on that? Yeah, it's five something. Five. Okay, and then when you're taking it with the hipstomatic, it can even be higher than that. With, yeah. With settings, uh, it can probably be like eight or nine or something. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. Yeah, hipstomatic is 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 way cool. So that's mine. So what's yours? All right, my pick of the week. Um, this is I, I changed. I had one in mind earlier. Now, the the listeners cannot see this, but uh, I'm going to put a link to a blog post I just did on it. Um, but this is also iPhone related, and uh, the new iPhone, right here. Wade can nice. see me. Yeah. Um, it will shoot video. Shoot shoot high def HD 720p video, which is very cool. But uh, and in fact, I really think pretty much everything is cool about it, except for the fact that the iPhone is this little tiny slim thing that fits in your pocket when you're holding it up to shoot video. If you move this a micro nanometer jillisecond thing, it you know starts jumping all over the place. It's very shaky. Uh, everything you do ends up looking like the Blair Witch Project because it's just you know you're you're making your audience motion sick. In in fact, that's really one of the few things about it that I think keeps it from being something you couldn't use professionally. So anyway, a couple of weeks ago, I mean I'm sure everybody's seen the videos that people put out. Oh my gosh, this wasn't done entirely on an iPhone, and it's this drama with this old man and his daughter, and they and then you like see the behind the scenes, and they've got the phone on like a six thousand dollar Steadicam, and you know, you know and so. I, but there are some things that you can purchase that are a lot cheaper than that. And I had my eyes on one that I was going to get, and I don't remember the name of it now, but it doesn't matter. And basically, it allowed you to have tripod sockets, and it was this big case that the iPhone fit in. And you could basically, so you're holding on to something bigger. So when you move, it doesn't move the camera nearly as much. And so, you know, I was getting ready to order this thing, and they said, well, it was iPhone 3 only. And I thought, well, I've got four. I don't want to spend 200 bucks and not be, you know. And I thought, well, this is ridiculous. Why am I spending 200 bucks anyway? And I just finished a book. Um, by Mark Frenfonder, um, that the guy who does Make Magazine, and uh, so I'm been in this DIY mode. So what I did here is is uh, Wade can take a look at this. I found a book that was about the same thickness as the uh, iPod, maybe a little more, and yeah. uh, you know. You keep your stash in here. I basically took an X-Acto knife, 
trace the phone and cut out the pages on the inside. <laughs> now, if you're going to do this, I call this the literary stabilizer. So, you know, you can make your own. Do not cut the cover, though. This is important. Wow. So you only That's cut a, the I, pages inside. Yeah. So, and then the back cover, you will cut a hole in, but it will slightly smaller. So when I put this in, I'll show you how this works here. And I'll put a link to my blog post with the how-to in the show notes. Um, go ahead and put the phone in. So you can see that when the back cover is closed, all you can see is just the screen. That keeps it from falling out. So you, the back hole needs to be just enough to see the, see the screen. The front cover, I cut a small hole out of. This is what I call stealth mode. See, Wade can't even see it on the Skype here. I can. He's, he's fooled. You can or you can't? I can. He's not fooled. Okay, well, anyway, a lot of people think you can kind of go into stealth mode and they don't realize they're being videotaped. But what you do realize is is people ask you why you're holding a book up sideways. And so I've got about 50 so movies. So there's of, something wrong with you. Yeah, I've got movies of family members going, what are you doing? Or, or when they, once they find out, then you go over to, like, put them on the video and interview them or something. And they look at, okay, explain how this is a video thingy again. I just don't get it. You know, and then you end up showing. But... It keeps everything smooth, and on my blog post, I've got some video that I shot with it so you can see how non-motion sick you will get checking it out. So anyway, mine, mine costs $0, and it is the, uh, the literary stabilizer. That is awesome. So and do it I yourself. think that, that that is just like one of many things that could probably be thought of that you, you could do yourself to uh, – to make some kind of stabilizer with uh, with uh, oh absolutely things just around your house. I mean that you, that you probably thought of pretty quickly and experimented with cutting cutting the inside of the book open and stuff like that. And you're like, wow, this works. Yeah. So the only thing like, I would add to that is if you are using an exacto knife and Wade, you were a designer, you know this. Uh, make sure you're sober. Um, right. I didn't actually have an experience myself, but but you don't. It's very easy to cut yourself, and I don't want anybody to like you know sue the show because they. Uh, Slipped on exacto knife. When I was at art school, a guy cut his finger off. Are you serious? Yes, he cut it off, and they rushed him and his finger to the hospital. Jeez, they uh, put his finger back on. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, he wasn't even drunk. Did they They tape it back on, or did they 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 just yeah a bunch of scotch tape? And then about a year later, his finger grew back together. But now, now to go completely off the subject, now I, I understand that if you lose <laughs> a digit... We want to end with something really gory. That's our gory ending of well, the week. Well, now I have a question, because I'm not sure. I've heard this, and I don't know how accurate it is. Like, if you are to lose a digit, uh-huh. like a thumb, toe, something like that, I have heard that you're supposed to put it in your mouth until you get to the hospital. Is that true? That sounds disgusting. Um, that's something I will not ever be doing, so I, I could tell you, but that, that does not sound totally disgusting. I know you're about to faint because you've lost a, <laughs> one of your fingers, but put it in your mouth until we get to the hospital. I know you're bleeding to death, it takes but we good. just got one thing for you to do. Well, I've heard it keeps it alive. You know, It keeps the, the cells from dying. and stuff. I'm not a doctor, nor do I play one on a podcast. A jar, a jar of something in the ambulance. <laughs> here's, here's a bullet. And a shot of whiskey. Um, oh, and keep this in your mouth while you're at it. Well, I guess that's all we got today. You got anything else? That's it. I think we just we ended on a great note just then. We did. That was a disgusting note, but a very good one. So join us next week on The Photography Show with Wade and Ted. Is it Ted and Wade or Wade and Ted? Um, I like Wade and Ted, but we can discuss it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. For now, it's The Photography Show. <laughs>